Do you feel like you're always getting distracted? Do you feel like you set out on your day with all the best intentions to be focused and productive, but you feel like you're going down some rabbit hole or you end up getting stuck responding to emails all day? And by the end of the day, you feel like you've gotten like a hundred things done and you went a hundred miles an hour, but you really don't feel like you actually move the needle and you don't know if you actually accomplish anything. Well, that's what we're going to talk about today, how to get and stay focused on your highest value work so you can really move the needle and get closer to living your goals. Welcome to another episode of Success Through Failure. This is your host, Jim Harshaw Jr. And today we're talking about focus. Yes, focus. You're distracted and living in a distracted world. So how do we get and stay focused on the things that we know are going to really move the needles in our lives because we have a million things that distract us, right? We have all the old stuff that used to distract us back in the days before the internet, you know, the coworker or colleague walking past our office and popping in and talking about the weather or the phone ringing. But now we've got more distractions. We've got email, we've got text messages, we've got social media, we've got the 24-hour news cycle. And this stuff can just constantly suck us in and keep us there. Shoot, I didn't even mention video games on your phone. Remember Angry Birds? Holy cow, I think that started all this stuff off. But it can keep us so distracted. And now, you know, for me lately, especially with the kids home and and I'm I work from home, I'm constantly being bombarded by them. You know, my girls, especially like this week, especially my girls, they popped in like, I don't know, four or five times a day. And I can't say no. They pop in and they climb on my lap and they're seven, one's seven and one's 10. They climb on my lap and they tell me, daddy, guess what we just did? Or guess what we just learned? And my daughter, actually, Isla, my seven-year-old, she just came in, climbed on my lap and she told me, she showed me a picture of uh, a witch that she drew with the moon and a bat and color. And she she's learning how to how to spell and she just sounds things out. And it's like, you know, it's not spelled right, but she loves it. And I love it. I love it when they come in, but there's these additional distractions that we have to battle in this new work from home environment where so many more people are, are working from home. And how do you deal with that, right? More now than ever, we need this. We need to learn how to stay focused. And I want to let you know that the action plan is going to have everything that I'm going to cover in here today. So make sure you go to jimharshajr.com slash action. And you can get a very detailed action plan from today. This is more detailed than most. So this one's going to be really, really good. Again, jimharshawjr.com slash action. And when you enter in your email, I'll email you a link to a page that has a bunch of PDFs on it. And right on the top, top kind of left corner, you know, you'll see the most recent episode, the PDF. You can just click for this and you'll have this forever to be able to, you know, be able to refer back to it. There's a ton of great stuff in here. And some of what I'm going to cover today, I hinted at a little bit in episode 271, where I talked about using technology. There's a lot of tips and tactics in there for using technology to help you be more focused, more productive, get more done, not like the distracting kind of technology that sucks you in and kills your time. I do refer to some of this stuff in episode 271 that I talk a little bit about today. So these two episodes definitely go together, 271 and 273. So I definitely recommend you check that one out as well. And one thing I do want to mention is in the, in the episode 271, uh, I mentioned the smart speaker. If you have a smart speaker at home, you can now listen to Success Through Failure anytime. Just say, hey, Siri or hey, Alexa. And I hope my Siri didn't just go off by me saying that. You can just say, hey, Siri, or hey, Alexa, play the Success Through Failure podcast, and boom, there it is. There's my voice coming at you right from your 
kitchen or your bedroom or wherever you have your your smart speaker. So check that out. But this episode is going to have a lot of uh, a lot of little hints at some of the technology and stuff that I talked about in episode 271. And I should say there's another episode that really goes with this as well. That's episode 268, just a, a few episodes back where I interviewed Cal Newport. I mean, this guy is, he, he wrote the book Digital Minimalism and he wrote another book called Deep Work. I mean, this is about being focused, getting productive, getting your best work done. This guy has gotten, he's written so many books and how does he do that? He's also a, a full-time professor at Georgetown University Like, and he has a family. I mean, how do you do that? Well, you, you're a focused person and you have tools and tips and tactics that you use to get and stay focused. So I would say that's maybe another sort of sister episode to this. That's episode 268. You don't have to remember any of that. It'll all be in the action plan for you waiting. Just go to jimharshojr.com slash action. All right. So let's dive in. I'm going to talk about three strategies. All right. So the overarching strategies, and then under each of these three strategies, I'm going to give you specific tactics to execute on each of these strategies. So I don't want you to walk away with going, okay, these are a bunch of good ideas, Jim. No, these are tactics. And here's the other thing. I'm going to rattle off a bunch of things. I don't want you to think you have to implement all of them. Start with one, one, so just start with one thing, right? This can be information overload. Get one takeaway from this, one breakthrough that's going to help you implement that. If it works, keep doing it, add something else. If it doesn't work, quit doing it, move on to something else or try it in a different way. All right. So first overarching strategy, your environment, your environment, making changes to your environment to help you stay focused. All right. First one, this is focus 101, turn off notifications. If your computer still beeps every time an email comes in, this is like the lowest hanging fruit. Stop. You've got to stop that. You can't have every time an email shows up in your inbox, your computer make a noise. And I know it's going to be hard for some of you. You can't have your emails pop up as notifications on your phone as well. Every time an email shows up, if you see that on your phone, you're going to get sucked right into it. You know you're going to check your email. You're not going to forget to check your email. Turn off notifications. Turn off notifications for email. Turn off notifications for social media. Oh man, I used to have like notification on my phone every time I was like retweeted or mentioned on Twitter or something. It was like, oh my lord. When I turned that off, I was like, thank goodness, I finally turned that off because I got my life back. You know, you're constantly staring at that thing as it is. It was just one more excuse to open your phone. So turn off notifications. Look at every notification that you have popping up on your screen, on your computer, or on your phone and decide, can I turn this off? If I didn't get this notification, would my life be any worse? If it's a weather notification, turn it off. Look outside the window or you're going to check the weather app whenever you want. Don't let it suck you in. All right. So turning off notifications, that's a big one. Another one, if you're, when you're in your physical workplace, close your door, close your door. And we know that it's, there's value to having your colleagues walk past the office and pop in and, and say hello. And, you know, this whole work from home thing is great. But in a sense, you know, you are losing some of that communication that happens at the water cooler, happens in the hallway. So that stuff's important. But have dedicated times where, where you close your door and actually get work, like deep, focused work done. Your colleagues will understand. Make a habit out of it. Make a routine out of it. They'll start to get it. When my door is closed... That's what I'm doing deep work. You can keep your door open most of the day if you want, but identify periods of time where your door is closed. All right, the next one, email is the root of all evil, they say, right? Well, actually, it's like this often misquoted version of the biblical verse, money is the root of all evil. Actually, the Bible doesn't say that. The Bible actually says the love of money is the root of all evil. 
And it's the same with email. Like email is really important. We talk about email like it's this horrible, horrible thing. Well, we know that there's a lot of value gained from email and we know that it saves us time. We get email overload for sure. You've got emails that you have to return, the high value emails, but there's a lot of other email overload. Like email really can crush you. And so you have to decide between the good emails and the bad emails. One thing that I do to manage my email is I will I'll set 30 minute timers where I just, I got 30 minutes. I can check my email in that 30 minutes. And once it's done, it's done. It's a finite task because here's what happens. Otherwise you make a phone call, you hang up the phone. What do you do? Check your email. You post something on social media. Then what do you do? You check your email. You go to the bathroom. Then what do you do? You check your email. You go get a cup of coffee. Then what do you do? You check your email. We've got to find times to make that a finite task. I check email during this segment of the day. Then I don't check email. I go on and do other things. And then I can come back and check the email. One thing that I've done more recently that's really helped is I will actually, instead of leaving my email open to my inbox, I'll leave my email window open to my drafts folder. Because if it's open to my inbox and I steal a glance into my inbox, I always look to see if an email has popped in there that I want to respond to. And nine times out of 10, there's something I want to respond to but you steal a glance at that inbox and it distracts you. It takes you away from that task. Have you ever found yourself at the end of the day and you're looking at something on your to-do list or on your desk and you're like, I started doing that like hours ago. How did I not finish that? I saw, I thought I finished it or, or I just went down some path and I totally forgot what I was doing. Well, it's because you probably checked your email. You stole that little glance at the email. You saw an email from your boss or from a client or a colleague or the Justin Bieber fan club newsletter email comes out and you have to click on it and you go down that rabbit hole and you get distracted. And so leaving your email open to say your drafts folder or some other folder that's not your inbox allows you to still go to your email to send an email. But if you're not seeing the new emails come in, you're less likely to click on them and then get distracted down that rabbit hole. All right. The next tactic, goals, set goals. You've got to have clearly defined goals. This is sort of a, a larger sort of zoom out type of topic here. But in episode 269, I talk deeply about goals. I go into a whole practical process for setting goals. I mean, step by step. And you can get the action plan, of course, for that one as well, jimharshawjr.com slash action. But man, I go step by step through how to set practical goals and actually how to follow through on them. And one of the things that that I coach my clients to do to follow through is create things in your environment that will remind you what your goals are. Like writing your goals in the back of your business card. I actually mail business cards of mine to my clients because on the back I have four lines where you write down your goals, write them on a post-it note, different things that will keep your goals in front of you. That way it reminds you, ah, this is what I'm working towards. I actually have a post-it note with my sort of, I don't know, next 12 month business plan in front of me. Like I'm the guy who gets distracted by the next shiny object. I mean, we all are to some extent, especially entrepreneurs. There's a new marketing tactic or a new book or a new this, or somebody says that, you know, you don't do this anymore. Now you do it this way. It's easy to get sucked into those lines of thinking, but it's, it's smarter to stick to your plan, create your plan, stick to your plan, evaluate those new shiny opportunities, those new shiny things that are, you know, in the corner of your eye. But stick to your plan. And I've got my plan right here. And it's helped me so often whenever I 
that are sort of thinking about, oh, maybe I should be doing more of this. Maybe I should be doing more of that. I go, no, this is my plan. I've got my plan right here in front of me. It's simple. It's one, two, three. There's six bullet points on here. That's what I do. That's my plan. And once I get all these things optimized, then I'll move on to the next shiny object. But for now, that's it. So having your goals posted in front of you, having your plan posted in front of you keeps you focused. All right, moving to the next one. Music. Research has long shown that classical music, you know, music without words, but especially classical music, helps you stay focused and productive. A friend of mine recently recommended uh, lo-fi music to me as well. I never even heard of it, but lo-fi music is, I don't know how to describe it. If you've heard of it before, this is probably a terrible description, but it's a cross between like elevator music and dance music put to like even like a lower quality just so it's kind of like background noise and anyway lo-fi is another tactic for helping you stay focused all right so those are all environmental things so that's the first of three strategies those are the tactics under that first strategy of change making changes to your environment all right so let's move on to the second strategy this is more physiological Physiological is about your body and your mind. All right, so the first one is sleep. I mean, it goes without saying. If you're not getting enough sleep, you're not going to be as focused as you would be otherwise. And a couple of things that I do, I use eye shades when I sleep, and it makes the room just a little bit darker. Room's pretty dark as it is, but there's you know there's the red light across the room or the blue light blinking on something else. It's like I want to have total darkness. And there's research has shown also that, you know, any little bit of light, even a little bit of light can impact your sleep negatively. There was even one study that I read. They put a light on the back of a guy's leg, on the back of his knee. They're basically saying your, your skin has photoreceptors, it says, that basically if you put, you know, that light behind his knee, it negatively impacted sleep which is kind of wild. So it's not even just sleep, the light hitting your eyes, but it's any part of your body. So anyway, that, that at least the eye shades shade your eyes. They help me sleep just a little bit better, right? I'll take that two or three or 5% better sleep that I get every night because I wear those. I try not to drink liquids after 8 p.m. I'm like, I'm 44 years old now, and guess what? My bladder's getting a little bit smaller. Whatever happens as you get older, it's starting to happen to me. And so I make sure I don't drink liquids after 8 p.m. Because if I do, guess what? I'm waking up in the middle of the night. It's going to impact my sleep and therefore it's going to impact my focus the next day. Uh, another one, alcohol. I mean, if I do drink alcohol, then I'm going to try to drink it early in the day. I prefer to be a day drinker. <laughs> and that way, you know, by the time evening rolls around, it's worn off. And, uh, you know, I'm not drinking past 8 p.m. anyway, so I don't have to get up and go to the bathroom. But the alcohol in your system most likely have heard this before and you know this, but alcohol impacts your sleep negatively. So I try to cut that off, you know, seven o'clock, eight o'clock at the latest, because I know it's going to impact my sleep and therefore my focus. All right. So those are just a few things around sleep. The second one, diet, like the food that you put into your body. For me, I know that if I eat some high performance breakfast, like Eggs, I eat a lot of eggs for breakfast, or sometimes if I didn't work out, I'll just do bulletproof coffee in the morning. I won't even have breakfast. And man, I'm laser focused. But I know my wife and kids are making like pancakes or waffles, and I sneak a, a waffle or a half a waffle. Oh my goodness, like we have these big, like, waffles on the griddle. Man, they're so good. My wife has this amazing recipe, and they're just like amazing. But I, I it's a choice. I, I know if I eat those, 
It's basically saying yes to being less focused, yes to being less productive, saying yes to having lower energy for the next, I don't know, half an hour or an hour, probably more like an hour. So choose the fuel that you put into your body. Be cognizant, be aware of the fuel that you put into your body because it's going to affect you. So um, that fuel is, you know, the carbohydrates, you know, a big plate of spaghetti for lunch, you're probably going to be more sluggish than you would be in the afternoon. Otherwise, coffee, caffeine can give you that little boost. But, you know, I try to minimize that, but I do have a couple cups of coffee a day, mostly like half-calf or just over half-calf. We kind of mix our own. But coffee is, of course, something helpful to boost you a little bit. And along these lines, kind of the next point I want to make is about hydration and mental focus. And I want to read you a quote from an article that I linked to in the action plan. So you can grab that link out of this action plan. But it says this, um, this is an article written on the, it's from the UC Davis, University of California at Davis website. It says, quote, when your brain is functioning on a full reserve of water, you will be able to think faster, be more focused and experience greater clarity and creativity. How about that? It's like a wonder drug, only it's not. Okay, I'm going to read it again. When your brain is functioning on a full reserve of water, you'll be able to think faster, be more focused, and experience greater clarity and creativity. It goes on to say water is also essential for delivering nutrients to the brain and for removing toxins. Listen, I don't overthink this. We know we're supposed to drink a lot of water. I keep it very simple. I have a simple system in my life that helps me put a lot of water into my system quickly in the morning. And all I do is I wake up and actually I should say before I go to bed, I fill up a pint glass of water and I set it on the kitchen, in the kitchen, on the kitchen counter with a lid on it. So all I have to do when I wake up in the morning is take the lid off and drink it down. I don't have to, you know, when I'm groggy and bleary eyed in the morning and struggling to, to get my, my eyes to open at 5 a.m., I can just walk over and start drinking that water and know that I'm putting the right fuel into my body, especially since I haven't drank since, you know, 8 p.m. or earlier the night before. I know that my body is dehydrated at that point. And usually I'm going to work out at that time anyway. So I definitely, definitely need that water. So anyway, I, I reduce the friction to getting that water into me by actually pouring that water, that glass of water the night before. I do it in a glass cup as opposed to plastic, just because all the things that they say, the, the toxins that, that can come out of plastic. Anyway, that's a little bit about hydration and focus. The next one, exercise. Exercise. This is another miracle drug. This is like a pill. If you could create a pill that would boost dopamine and norepinephrine, serotonin, then you could sell it for a lot of money. But guess what? Exercise does this. It impacts our mental focus. You can literally control the chemicals within your body that impact your focus by exercising. It's a miracle drug. You should try it. <laughs> Consult your doctor first, of course, because I'm not, I'm not an expert in that. But we know that we've got exercise. I just feel so much better, so much more focused when I exercise. I actually feel more confident too. Uh, there's an article I read, uh, is the Men's Health Watch in by Harvard, Harvard Men's Health Watch. And I've got a link to this article in the action plan as well. It says, regular exercise releases brain chemicals that are key for memory, concentration, and mental sharpness. Holy cow. Again, the pill. If you could have a pill that did this, all of us would be buying it and we'd be, you know, take it twice a day. We'd be taking it three times a day. Well, exercise does that. So check it out. You should try it. Actually, you know what? I know a lot of my listeners are already exercising. So that's just another reason, another motivation for you to exercise. 
All right, moving down the list here. We know that elite performers, elite athletes, world-class athletes, we know that they have a certain way that they prepare for their practices. We know that they have a certain way that they prepare for their competitions, certain warm-ups, certain stretches, certain foods that they put into their body. What about you? These routines are going to either poise you to be focused or unfocused during the day. I've got a really dialed in morning routine that is so helpful for me in getting and staying focused. And I encourage you to make sure you continue to work on your routine. Listen, it can change. It will change. It's going to change over time. It should evolve. It should change. I mean, shoot, when the when we set the clocks back or set the clocks ahead or you know, when the kids are off school in the summer or in school, like it's going to change, right? It shouldn't be like, man, I, I keep changing my morning routine, so I must not have a good morning routine. No, it's okay to continue to change it. It's okay to evolve it. You should be doing that. Uh, but be careful with overloading your morning routine. One of my clients, John, told me a few years ago, he's like, man, my morning routine was getting out of hand. It was taking me like an hour and a half to do my morning routine. And, you know, in addition to exercise, it was like journaling and meditation and writing down his goals and on and on and on, all these things. He's like, man, it would take me like an hour and a half just to do my morning routine. And he's like, it just got too much. In episode 246 and episode 247 with Tim Ferriss, he talks about morning routines and he says, if you, if you try to layer on all of the morning routines, one on top of another, then the, of all these gurus and experts that you hear, you're going to be doing your morning routine until three o'clock in the afternoon. Pick what works for you. Just because you don't meditate, just because you don't journal, just because you don't do yoga, just because you don't do 20 minutes in a hyperbaric chamber drinking beet juice in the morning, it doesn't mean you're like a complete failure and, and never going to achieve your goals because some guru told you that that's what they do. No, it's okay. Everybody does something different. Figure out what works for you. By the way, episode 247 has fewer listens than episode 246, and that's the 247 is the second episode of Tim Ferriss. I encourage you to listen to that one because I actually got more value out of that one. So if you haven't listened to both of the episodes, part one and part two of my interview with Tim Ferriss, definitely go back and check them out. If you only listen to 246, check out 247 because there was really some nuggets in that second episode that are hugely impactful for me. I've got some post-it notes right in front of me on my desk that are quotes right from that second episode. So check that one out. All right, next one. This is the last tactic under the second strategy, and it's this. Manage your energy, not just your time. Like, what time of day can you be most focused? What time of day can you get the most bang for your buck for doing deep, focused work? Do your most mentally taxing work when you have the most creative energy, the, the work that requires the most creativity and depth. Do that when you have the most energy. It might be in the morning. It might be in the afternoon. It depends on how you schedule your day. But think about that. Think about when you do that deep work. And, and understand, you're not going to be able to do deep work for eight straight hours. You're just not. You're going to have to take breaks. You're going to need breaks. You're going to need rest. You're going to need distractions. You may need to get up and take a walk or even play that video game for five or 10 minutes just to give your mind a mental break and also like a treat, something you can look forward to, reward yourself for being focused. And that's going to lead me right into my third and overarching strategy here. And I'm going to give you some great tactics because these are the tools. These are the things you can do. Like, like as soon as you stop listening to this episode, you can implement some of these like 
right now. And these are really fun, really cool, some great tools that help my clients that you're going to really, really love. All right. The first one, the Pomodoro technique. And it's simply this. You set a timer for 25 minutes and you work undistracted for 25 minutes. Undistracted. You can't check your phone. You can't check your email. You can't check social media. Total focus for just 25 minutes. Deep work for 25 minutes. At the end of the 25 minutes, you take a five-minute break. Then you set your alarm for another 25 minutes. You do another 25 minutes of deep work, and then you take another five-minute break. And I think ideally the Pomodoro technique works like this. You do four of those, like 25 minutes on, five minutes off. You do that four times, and then you get like a 10 or 20-minute break. I just use it however I see fit. Usually I just go with around 30 minutes. I set a timer for 30 minutes, and like I talked about earlier, I'll use that to check my email. Just focus deep work on checking the email. You can't go too deep and can't get too distracted on checking an email and going down some rabbit hole because you got to move on. You get, you know you've got 100 or 200 emails in your inbox, and you're like, I've got to get through as many of these as I can in 30 minutes. It really brings you a lot of focus and clarity on what you've got to get done in that short amount of time. But you can use this for for writing. You can use this for accomplishing any task that you want, you know, outreach or, you know, prospecting if you have to make sales calls, et cetera. Set a timer, make it a finite task. And that's what the Pomodoro technique helps you with. I've got a link in the action plan to a timer that you can use. It's the website that I always go to whenever I'm doing a Pomodoro. And you just go to this link. It's a 25 minute timer at the end of 25 minutes, it beeps. And then you can, uh, you can even reset it for different times as well. So anyway, the Pomodoro technique. All right. Now the next one I call the Nicotra technique. What is the Nicotra technique? Nobody is listening has heard of this unless you're a client of mine, because this is named after my, my late brother-in-law, Steve Nicotra, who uh, is kind of a hero of mine. And uh, he told me this several years ago, this technique that he uses. This is super powerful. This is probably the single most powerful focus tool and tactic that I use. And here's how it goes. First of all, you have to have a place to dump all of your to-do list, everything that pops into your head. And you know, when you're falling asleep and you're like, oh, there's that thing I've got to do, dump it on your to-do list. I use Asana, great company. It's a project management software. They actually, they just went public, but I use it as a to-do list. It really works great for me. You can use whatever you want to use. I mean, you can use Trello. You can use the app that comes you know, native on your phone if you have one. Like, Use whatever works for you, but have a place where you can dump everything. For me, I probably have 75 to 100 things on my to-do list. They're not all the same priority. But when I wake up in the morning and I plan my day, then I will identify those things that I want to get done today. And I'll write them. I'll go analog for this. I'll write everything onto a to-do list, just a piece of paper onto my notebook. You know, it might be five or 10 or depending on the day, up to 20 things. On the days when I'm doing 20 things, a lot of them might be short, quick hits, quick easy things. You might have six or eight or 10 of those that are like, you know, one or two minute tasks that have been sitting on your to-do list for three months and you just haven't gotten around to them. But anyway, you, you write all the things down that you want to get done that day. And then you number them, put a little one, two, three, four, five, chronologically number them in the order that you want to get them done. Now I should say this, there's the whole philosophy of eat the green, eat the frog first, right? That book by Brian Tracy about being productive and focused. Well, there's the idea of eating the frog first, doing the hard thing first. I don't necessarily agree with that. I go more with the idea that you've got to create momentum first. Do two or three really easy tasks so you can get the momentum. You can start crossing things off and get that productive, focused feeling flowing in your body and in your mind. So start with a couple of easy things 
and then move into something deeper, something harder. And so anyway, when you, once you number those things out and you put your hand on your list, you close your eyes and you visualize yourself getting all of this work done. You visualize yourself drawing lines through each one of these. You visualize yourself drawing a line through one. And instead of going to that email inbox and checking your email inbox, which should be set to your drafts folder now, right? Uh, instead of checking your email, you're going to go to the next one. You're going to go to number two. Once you're done with number two, you don't go check your email or check your phone. You go to number three and then four and then five. And you visualize yourself going down through your list, boom, 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 hitting all those things. And most importantly, visualize that feeling and, and imagine that feeling that you get at the end of the day. You felt this before. The end of the day when you're, you had a super productive day, you were super focused, you got so much done. That feeling, you want to conjure up that feeling inside of you of like, yes, I did it, man. I had this awesome day. I crushed it. Conjure up that feeling as you visualize. Now, this visualization only has to take 20, 30 seconds. Sometimes I'm like talking out loud going, I'm, I'm focused, I'm productive, I'm moving quickly from task to task. I'm like talking to myself out loud. I know it's strange. I know it's weird. This works. I promise you. Give this one a try. The Nicotra technique. Again, I have an explanation of this in the action plan, jimharshawjr.com slash action. I'm going to move on to the next one, the Harshaw technique. I call this the Harshaw technique because nobody else I've ever heard talking about this. It's this. You ever had that day where you just can't stay locked in? You keep finding yourself like down some rabbit hole, like every 10 minutes, you're like, ah, why can't I stay focused today? Well, this is a little tactic that I use. I set a recurring timer that emits a, just a gentle beep every 15 minutes. And that gentle beep is a reminder get back on task. Like, are you off task? And if so, get back on task. It's a gentle reminder for me. So anyway, this is the Harshaw technique. I've got a link again in the action plan that you can use for this online looping timer that I use. It's really a great way to implement this technique. So there's a link there in the action plan for it. All right, the next one, the 4.30 p.m. rule, I call it, or planning tomorrow today. At 4.30 p.m., you know what you're not going to get done today. And you know what you need to start off with tomorrow. So do just a little bit of pre-planning for tomorrow. Identify the things that you're not going to get done today that you should start off with tomorrow. Now, tomorrow, you don't want to start off diving into email. So when you go into tomorrow with a plan, you're going to be more focused. It's just like that talk. You may have heard of it. It's, it's this Former Navy SEAL gave a, he gave a talk, I think it was University of Texas, the graduation speech, commencement speech, where he said it's about making your bed. And the whole idea behind making your bed every day is you're creating this mindset of productivity, of focus, of getting things done, as opposed to walking away and leaving your bed undone. You just feel like you're starting the day undone with something undone. So it's the same with this. Go into the day with a plan. And when you have this plan, when you're ready to go, when you start your day productive, not in email, but being productive, it creates this, this feeling that, that you carry with you for the rest of the day. All right, the next one, accountability. Accountability to help you stay focused. That's what my clients get from the mastermind groups. That's what my clients get from having things that they have to be accountable to executing upon every time we have a coaching call. Like there's accountability there. And you can create this accountability in your life. You can you know, sign up for it with, with somebody like me, or you can create it other ways in your life. And one of the things, actually, it's kind of cool. One of my clients, Logan Davis, has started this. But every week, you, you set a timer, uh, like a Zoom call, and you jump on that Zoom call with other people. There's no talking. 
You report at the very beginning of the call, this is what I'm going to work on. But during that hour, that's all you can work on. You can't be distracted. You can't check email. You can't check social media. You can't send text messages. You can't accept phone calls. It's a dedicated hour where you're accountable to working on the thing that you know you need to work on most. I use it for writing. I've been doing more writing, more blog posts lately on topics like focus, uh, on topics like goal setting, on topics like being consistent and work-life balance, et cetera. So I've been doing a lot more writing because I've got so much information in my head that I've been consuming and using and sharing with my clients over the years that I want to share with you. So I use that for writing. Anyway, that is a great tactic, accountability. We all execute better with accountability. I don't care who you are. I don't care what level you're operating at. I promise you, you will operate better if you welcome accountability into your life. Now, if you want to learn how to implement some of this stuff into your life, you can always sign up with me for a free one-time clarity coaching call. That's uh, just a one-time call. And, and you and I can jump on the phone and have a discussion about how this stuff can work in your life, help you get the clarity that you need. Just go to jimharshawjr.com slash apply, and you'll find some openings on my calendar. They are fairly limited, but take a look and you might find something that works for you. If you got benefit from this episode, please give it a share. Tell somebody to go check out 200, episode 273 of the Success Through Failure podcast. Send them the link to download the action plan. Or if you download the action plan yourself, just go ahead and share it with them. Send them the link to the PDF that you get. There's tons of great resources in there. I appreciate you listening. I appreciate you following. I appreciate you retweeting or, or making comments on Facebook or LinkedIn or Twitter whenever you see this because it helps those platforms see that this is important information that we should share with more people. So I appreciate those. If you have time, I would also appreciate a review, a rating and review on iTunes. Again, that helps more people find the podcast. So, uh, so many people have done that so far. Thank you for that. If you haven't just click over to iTunes and, uh, and give this a rating and review. And as always, until next time, take the time to get clear on your goals and embrace failure as a stepping stone on your path to success. Mm -hmm.